In the 2012-2013 New Zealand Health Survey, one in six Kiwi adults had been diagnosed with a common mental disorder at some times in their life. Chances are, if you haven't, then someone that you know has suffered from or is currently struggling with their mental health. This isn't a topic that we tend to talk about as a society, and it's something that makes the vast majority of us uncomfortable to speak about. This desperately needs to change. We need to build a movement where people feel confident to have courageous conversations about what's going on for them, and for their loved ones to listen without judging, and to help them find the support that they need. This is the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. Today's episode 27, and I'm speaking with my mate, Mike Ravenwood. Mike reached out to me after learning someone close to him had been suffering from anxiety and depression, which had also led to substance abuse issues. Mike is embarking on a challenge to raise awareness for this issue and also raise funds to support his friend in getting the help that they need. Thanks, Mike, for stepping out of your comfort zone today and having this conversation with me. Hopefully it inspires others to do the same. Today's a conversation about asking for help and receiving help from your friends and loved ones. It's about trying to understand what people are going through and not being afraid to talk about the hard stuff. If you're struggling, please ask someone for help. If someone you know is struggling, please offer them help. If you don't know where to go for help, there are a list of numbers in the show notes of support organisations that you can talk to in New Zealand, and a quick Google search brings up lists for uh, other countries that you may be listening in. Make sure to share this out with everyone, because we can all help in some way. Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me and Mike today. G'day Mike, welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast, it's cool to sit down and spend a bit of time with you today. Thanks for having us on Chris. Oh no worries man. So Mike, you and I have known each other now for what, like 11, 12, 13 years? Yes, it's getting a bit frightening when you put it that way, but uh, yeah, it would be 11, 11, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. So we, we met back at physio school down in Dunedin and now whereabouts are you based at the moment? Um, so I've, I've moved around, around a bit since then. Um, currently, I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I'm still working as a physiotherapist, which is which is uh, obviously a positive sign from our training back in Otago. Have basically been here for the last six months. Prior to that, I sort of was going a bit off and on between uh, Australia and and Canada. Uh, I guess trying to blend into working over here, there's quite a process involved to um, become a physiotherapist in Canada when you're overseas trained. Um, prior to that, 
five years in Australia and and then I guess four years uh, four years plus back in New Zealand yeah cool so you're all uh, you're all kind of fully certified in Canada now you've almost, you had your exams almost. not that long ago yeah I had one exam um, very uncomfortable moment for me actually <laughs> she was more so the more so the sweating it out waiting for the results afterwards more so than the exam uh, so that was the written component, and I've actually got a practical component coming up in four weeks' time. Sweet. So just limbering the hands up for that. Well, yeah, yeah, keeping them limber and and making sure they don't seize up of the this old age we're we're getting into now. But yeah, uh, going back to student, uh, going back to being a student, and I spent some time with some UBC students uh, this morning and actually last night. Uh, going through some, digging up the archives of cardiorespiratory and, and neuro rehab as well, um, something I haven't really dived into too much of late. So very, very interesting, very, very challenging. Yeah. Are these uh, post-grad students from the University of British Columbia or undergrad or? Yeah, so th- these it's a bit of a bit different system over here compared to New Zealand. When you've done your, done your courses, done your degree, had your exams, you get your certificate and or your, your bachelor and you're off to work as a physiotherapist once you're registered. Over here, they they do all that. They get your degree and then they need to sit a a, a theory exam, which I sat uh, going three months back now. Um, and then following completion of that, they need to do this practical exam. So, and that's this is all done by a national body called the Canadian Physiotherapy Alliance. Um, so essentially, yes, you know, you, we're we're not necessarily held to quite the highest uh, um, level as they are to pass, um, but still, it's it's challenging, and, and many people about a third fail, so it's quite difficult. Well, I suppose it's a good thing that they're we, uh, weeding out the people that aren't so flash. Certainly, it's all for uh, in, in the eyes of um, the public safety. We're actually not here to talk about physiotherapy today oh, at all. So, so disappointing. <laughs> so disappointing. I'm sure that given our mutual history of it, though, some of uh, some of it will weave into the com- uh, conversation because of our, our biases. But you've got a little bit of a, um, a challenge coming up, which actually is going to be starting the day that this podcast episode comes out. Can you oh, kind of tell uh, tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about what it is that you're doing? Yeah, sure. Um, so, obviously, people will be well aware of the Movember campaign. It's um, widely known throughout the world as a, a campaign to raise uh, not only awareness but also funds for men's health. Um, primarily started off as a prostate cancer awareness and has since in the later years gone on to include uh, mental health, uh, depression and suicide preventions uh, as well. Um, but those extensions haven't really made it, uh, they're not as widely known here in, in Canada actually, I was, I was surprised to know, but certainly working back in Australia last year, it was, it was well well known that those were the the causes or the, the uh, aims Sorry, the, they were well known as 
the topics for 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 awareness and and fundraising. So this year, um, I've I've taken on the Movember challenge. It's been a little while since I've done Movember officially. Um, had to take a couple of years off. Hasn't been. I guess it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. It was more that I just didn't really feel. Oh, I guess I wasn't getting. What's the term for it? Um, instant gratification that these millennials want all the time, for example. Um, I, I didn't feel like I was making a difference because I didn't see it. So this this year, I guess with those um, those topics, those causes in mind, uh, someone very close to me's come come to our come to a lot of people's attention that are really struggling with um, mental illness, um, depression, and anxiety, and. They've actually gone down a bit of a, a, a nasty path and uh, really struggling in life. So, um, really wanting to raise awareness for for the for the depression anxiety uh, side of things, and and also to um, really help raise some funds to specifically to help him currently in a bad way and and, and requires a fair bit of support to get himself out of this. So, I'm going to do the Movember campaign with the um, added pleasure I guess of um, no alcohol and no caffeine for the November month November month cool oh, that's a that's a pretty awesome challenge and uh, actually probably cutting out uh, alcohol and caffeine for a uh, for a month you'll uh, you'll probably actually find that sort of once you get over that first hump of it you you start to feel uh, reasonably reasonably good about things too yeah, yeah, we, yeah. The first week will probably be the hardest. I'm actually attending um, the All Blacks Ireland game in in Chicago next week and or next weekend, and um, I believe that will be quite a challenge for me. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine there'll be a, a few beers flowing around there, so um, I'm sure that you'll be able to uh, <laughs> to not imbibe. Yeah, so the force the force will need to be strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Mike, I mean, I think it's it's really cool that, well, obviously it's not cool that it's been brought to your attention this way, but I think mental mental health um, is a really important topic and one that's not really talked about that much because, especially in New Zealand, I'm not sure what the stats are in Canada, but kind of it's, it's I think, the major, one of the major health issues for young males especially in New Zealand are are mental health problems and the fact that we kind of don't talk about them and and as a population don't understand them very well it makes it much harder for for people to reach out and seek help but also to kind of understand uh, what's going on with themselves as well that they're obviously having these having these feelings um, and the fact that no one talks about them means that it's, it's really hard for you as a person to, to understand that if you're, if you're suffering from uh, any mental illness. With your friend, mate, how did they go about kind of reaching out for help? Sort of what, what yeah, happened? That's a, that's a good question. I guess it was a combination of a few things. I guess, I guess first of all, the, this has been going on for a number of years, and, and and I guess came as I won't say I won't say when you put it all together and with the the benefits of hindsight, you can 
kind of see, oh, right, yeah, that makes a bit of sense. Um, they've been a bit distant. They've been um, sort of unreliable with phone calls and that sort of thing. But, but really it came as a bit of a shock to everyone um, that came to know about um, a friend's problem. I guess what caused them to reach out, uh, essentially, I have to go into a little more detail about, um, I guess, how the seriousness of where he's gone. So he's been very anxious and, and anxious and depressed, and say depressed for for several years now, at least five. Around about five years ago, um, had started with uh, some some drug use, some minor minor, well, some would say minor drug use, um, and has has developed into a bit more of a serious problem, um, to the point where you know, he could be could be out of action for a couple of days. So that wouldn't even have been woken up on a Monday by his boss, um, and he'd be thinking, "What's going on? Why am I getting a phone call from my boss?" Sunday, and it'd be 10 o'clock on a Monday morning. Uh, I guess it was probably a couple of incidences of that which caused the boss to think, hey, what's going on with this person? But essentially got drug tested and, and obviously he knew it was going to come up from that, so he sort of came clean about it all, said this is, you know, we're going to have some, some drugs come up here and it's not just your your average, but more socially accepted uh, marijuana. So I think that sort of caused him to, to really take action and he, he reached out to um, a very limited group of people, um, reached out to his mum, who unfortunately lives over, overseas in Australia. Um, he sort of has kept himself about all this and, and, and it's taken a fair bit of, fair bit of prompting to... to to get the story from him, I spoke to him a few days ago and 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 had a really good chat. It was actually re- really good. And uh, the depth of his problems were just it, it was overwhelming. It was, it was really really I guess really difficult for me as a health professional to 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 think how did how did I miss that. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm used to detecting things like uh, signs and symptoms of, of various problems, and if somebody's, as you'll know, if somebody's indicating problems with uh, mental illness, or it, it's a it's a yellow flag for us as physios that we're not going to necessarily have a really successful in- intervention with just ha- straight on hands on. You're going to probably need to do something else. So, so for me, it was it was quite a shop to see how deep it went mm. when you when you talked to him um had he did he chat to you about kind of how how these problems had been kind of affecting him over time and had he tried to kind of reach out for help before or had he thought about reaching out for help before um i'm Going to be honest, he I, he didn't he didn't mention it. I, I had asked, and again, he sort of clammed up a little bit about that, um, which I think is probably quite natural. I wouldn't say sorry, I shouldn't say natural. It's probably quite normal for for males dealing with um, mental illness. Um, 
it tends to be something that people uh, are not very upfront about. Um, they don't feel that they can ask for help. Um, and and quite often, if males uh, was to, if, a, if a guy was to talk to another guy about a mental problem, a lot of them probably wouldn't know what to say. Um, they they wouldn't know how to process that information themselves. And I, I think that that uh, goes a long way to that would I mean a better understanding that would go a long way to making uh, that conversation a lot more comfortable mm. with people. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think we, especially in New Zealand, we live in a pretty staunch society where you kind of want to, you want to be a man, you want to be one of the boys and you want to like appear tough and kind of not show a, not show a weakness. Um, Especially, I mean, everyone kind of understands physical injury and physical weakness. There's often something that you can see with that in terms of someone's on crutches or someone's um, someone's wearing a cast but with mental mental injury and mental mental health it's something that people can't see so it's a little bit more difficult to understand I think um, and we were talking before we started recording as well that often it's it's really difficult for people that haven't been through uh, anxiety or depression before to kind of understand how much it affects a person and kind of what it what it feels like um, and I mean thankfully myself I've I, I don't I haven't experienced sort of clinical depression or um, or anxiety that has been long lasting yeah every every now and then I get anxious slightly or um, feel feel pretty down about things but they're pretty thankfully they're few and far between and they're pretty transient the the, the feelings don't, temporary don't, yeah they don't they don't last for kind of longer than kind of a, a couple of days at a time with things but i was talking to someone uh, about it um at one point in time someone that had had been suffering from depression and asked them i said oh can you explain to me kind of how how it feels and kind of what it's what it's like and they said well for me kind of you know how you feel that the morning after you've had a big night so you're you're hung over and you're and you're a bit blue and I said okay yeah yeah I can can kind of understand that and I think probably the majority of New Zealanders could could understand that as well um and they said to me that's what I feel like all the time when I'm depressed and I say oh okay yeah and I, yeah I, I think like we we bottle especially kind of in um in New Zealand it it's really difficult for people to reach out for help because they think that they should be able to deal with it all themselves because we we don't talk about this topic much we don't kind of put it out there and and chat about it and it's not often it's hard to kind of know where to go to to look for assistance um until you kind of reach a place like your like your friend did where hey actually i'm i'm kind of forced to uh reach out and and do something about this now yeah yeah and essentially hit the nail on the head with 
with uh, his story told me that for years, well, for quite some time, he had been really unhappy, um, just just really miserable, just sort of almost, almost what, what's what's the what's the point? Um, just really didn't feel good about himself. It was, it was like a self-esteem thing as well. Um, and for for him in the beginning, and that's how it started off was it was having the the odd uh, toke of um, of marijuana made him made him feel good. It made him actually sort of feel, feel good about himself. Um, and I and I guess that that's that's something that's I can understand pretty easy to get addicted to. Um, and and without having someone else to sort of talk to about those uh, about those feelings and, and sort of process where is that is that a, this is a drug that's creating that feeling you need to perhaps find something in your life which can give you that uh, the natural release of, of this very similar sort of hormone coming from your brain and just I guess that was that was I guess really sad to, to hear like he just uh, just didn't seem to have someone that he, that he could talk to about that kind of stuff and um, and it's sort of become his undoing. So, Mike, whereabouts is your friend in the recovery process now? Kind of how far along are they and kind of what's the next steps for them? Sure. So I guess ultimately he wants to get himself clean. Um, he's been clean from some of the uh, the harder drugs um, based well, I'd say almost since dismissal of his job now two weeks ago. Um, and he's going through a process of he's, he's seeing, uh, seeing a counsellor, seeing a case manager, um, attending screening visits. But essentially he's in this, um, this holding pattern where he needs to uh, get admitted into a detox program, um, which can last five to seven days. Um and there's pretty strict criteria to be accepted onto there. They, I believe you need to be completely uh, clean on entry. You need to have demonstrated um, not just willingness, but actually demonstrated attempts to uh, to get yourself clean and keep yourself clean. Um, so hence the, the counselling sessions and uh, attending NA meetings, um, uh, Narcotics Anonymous. From there... This is where it gets a bit tricky because you're off the you're off the drugs. You're so called. I guess you're not physically dependent anymore, but you're still dealing with the anxiety and depression. They look at putting into a rehab program, um, and the one he's looking at going into is is 12 weeks long, and, and probably won't be until early next year. So that's quite a long period, and for all these processes. He's obviously not able to work, and his counselor suggested that a uh, case manager, sorry, has said he, he's not to look for employment because essentially you're going to have to at, at some point just drop everything and go into detox, and you, you're in there for five to seven days. And then, like I said, there's this holding pattern uh, of waiting to get into this rehab program. So there's a fair bit of stuff to process, and and for someone who's coming down off some some pretty nasty stuff and dealing with a brain that is not only a bit but depressed and 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 anxious he's sort of got nothing to do to keep himself busy keep himself uh, distracted from i guess 
the things that uh, I guess is life that is sort of making him a bit unhappy at the moment. Mm. Um, he's kind kind of without support at the moment. Is like I mentioned before, his, his mum lives overseas, um, and some of his family probably not as understanding of of the, of his mental illness side of things, and um, probably just sort of tar him with the brush of. You know, he made a choice to go on these drugs. It's sort of his decision to his decision. He needs to live with the consequences and work through it himself. Doesn't probably not so easy for them to offer support. I guess um, probably sort of feel like uh, any support they give is being thrown back when they're probably not really having that understanding. What we talked about before of, of mental illness that is probably quite prevalent with males in New Zealand, in particular. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like it's a, a little bit of a, a challenging time in this holding pattern for him as well, because obviously, I mean, dealing with any addiction, there's that that kind of physical addiction to the to the substance, but there's also kind of all the psychological triggers that you have as well. That hey, I use this to mask the symptoms of my anxiety and depression. Now they're kind of ramping up as well. Um, yeah, so then exactly. you've got those psychological triggers that are going on in the in your head as well, saying, hey, take this. It'll make you feel better short term. Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. And and you mentioned there about um, the physical dependency on the drug. It's reporting, reporting headaches and nausea and dis- difficulty concentrating. So I... All these sort of things don't don't make you don't put you in the best decisions. Um, so you can you can sort of see how relapse is uh, quite an easy thing to to happen, as sad as it is. So I guess that brings me to brings us to what I was doing this camp or the, the the point of this campaign is really wanting to to raise some funds to to help this my friend. Uh, have a support person there. Um, obviously, he's not able to work, so he's got no income coming in. Essentially, someone who's not working and has a has been in and around drugs, as you can probably see, he's probably got a tendency to want to draw back into that and, and try and make some money from that, which obviously is not only illegal, but um, not a healthy environment for him to try and get over his problem. So he's, I guess he's got this no income problem. He's got no food, transportation. He can't. I guess he can't get to his appointments if he, if he, unless he's catching a bus. There's still buses; they cost money. And essentially, he hasn't got a, a reliable support person to to help, you know, chat through things when he's feeling a bit down, or help him make a better decision when there's a couple of blurry options there for him. And essentially, uh, the two people that are that are probably best position to help him out or, or his mother and and, and um, um, I would like to really help out myself so I guess that's what the the, the funds raised with this uh, the, the campaign that I'm working on um, will aim to achieve mm, cool so Mike where can people go and find if they want to sort of help out with this campaign and and support you and your endeavors where can they go? Yeah, so I've 
I've got a GoFundMe page going up, and I'll just I'll just add in here. I'm obviously sounds like I'm jumping on the Movember bandwagon here and sort of stealing their business, so to speak. So I just want to chat a little bit about sort of what I'm proposing or what I've what I've what I've how I've organised my GoFundMe page. So um, obviously I can provide the link to you as well, Chris, mm-hmm. if you can put it on on your show notes or something. Yep, that would be definitely. great. Um, but essentially I'm. For every dollar that we can raise through the GoFundMe campaign, um, I'm, I'm going to donate 50 cents to the uh, Movember campaign. So I've got a Movember page as well, where I'll, where I'll track the progress of my um, probably, no doubt, sparsely grown mo. Um, have never been a great facial hair grower. Um, I claim I'm getting better, but I think that's just positive thinking. I've put a I've put a cap on there uh, at, at the advice of my boss of, of two thousand dollars. He said you never know how successful or uh, or prolific these things can go, um, especially with so, social media involved. So he said put a cap that you you think you can you can afford. Um, I think it was pretty good advice. So whilst it's it's a uh, a few days before official kickoff, um, there's nothing in the in the kitty. So to, uh, at the moment, uh, I've already had a number of people um, saying, "Hey, what's what's this um, what's this page? Um, where can I donate?" I've also on my page provided a link to the mental health aspect of, of the Movember campaign as well. Um, obviously, highlighting the importance of uh, of that that aspect of Mo- the Movember campaign. Awesome. No, Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so. I think we got there. Um, cool. So I'll definitely put a link to the um, to the page in the in the notes for the show, so people can go and help out, or even just kind of share share this out to get your message out to a few more people, and um, yeah, kind of raise a little bit more awareness around uh, around mental health and kind of get people uh, get people talking about it because it's something that's really really prevalent it certainly isn't it would be very obviously um myself i would appreciate it and and i'm sure my friend and and many others um currently battling uh, mental illness um, would really appreciate it as well chris thanks mike how did it make you feel when you found this stuff out about your friend yeah i I think i touched on it a little bit earlier but uh I, i i really I, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I, I felt initially disappointed in him, and and upon reflection of that, I quickly realised I, I think there was more so disappointment in myself. Uh, again, considering myself somewhat of a, a skilled health practitioner, um, so I didn't pick up on it. Um, I knew something was probably not quite right, but I didn't, I didn't step in and ask. Um, and I, I, yeah, sort of. Would, would find that a failing of me actually I, I, I was a bit disappointed that I didn't pick up on something whatever it might have been earlier on with the, the fact that he was uh, not so good with his time management that he was um, not very good with uh, yeah, sticking sticking to a phone call or something like that um, his his mood swings easily easily frustrated or uh, or agitated um, all, all those things are now in hindsight, I 
I didn't put, I guess I didn't put it all together and you know being quite close uh, I feel I feel like I could have done a better job mm-hmm. yeah I mean I think it's it's always difficult kind of knowing how much you you need to kind of push and say hey look something's not quite right here how can I help and actually that person that that needs the help at the end of the day they need to come forward and supply the information and if they if they don't do that it's really hard for you to to help them so they need to to be at a point where they're ready to ask as well totally yeah Mm. Um, i guess that's another another part of uh I guess it's more specifically for the addiction side of things is there's there's really no point uh, intervening or supporting somebody when they're, when they're not demonstrating a desire to want to change themselves. If, if they're quite happy in their life and it's just something you don't like about them, then they're not, they're not going to change because they need a change for themselves. Hmm. And that's it's something that uh, where a support group my friend are, are really quite quite big on quite you know we, we do try to stand back a little bit and 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 hope that they'll re- he'll reach out to us um, and and therefore demonst- demonstrating to us and to himself that he is ready to change mm, mm. yeah that's that's well to me it seems like one of the most important steps in the in the process um, obviously I don't have huge experience in this area but yeah, everyone that I've I've talked to about it, uh, that's that's kind of the the message that uh, resonates with me the most, anyway. Yeah, well, glad to hear you've not had to come across it, Chris. It does, it's I got to say, it's not a, not a nice not a nice feeling. Mike, I want to ask you some questions that we ask everybody. Can you tell me about a time that you failed and what you learnt from it? Yeah, I think we I think we just went over that one there, Chris. I, mm. I really feel like I've uh, I you know failed failed my friend in not picking this up and in some in some way, you know I really and look maybe it's quite a common failing that many of us experience and maybe I shouldn't be beating myself up with it, but that's that's the first thing that comes to mind uh, in terms of something I failed. I've probably failed at many other things. <laughs> we, we won't go there, but um, that this is the one that currently, yeah, sort of sticks out to me, and and I, and I guess is what has prompted me to to want to to do something about it. Yeah, because I think it's quite common. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So you're going to be having more conversations like this yourself from now on, from what you've learned from this one. Yeah, yeah, I think. The, you, you see these comp, uh, these uh, these campaigns out there. They have they have. I think there's a Are you okay day where you, you ask mm. you ask someone who's not doing so great or not so happy. Are they okay? And you know, offer to be a support person. I think those those sort of conversations need to be far more common. Um, spe- probably not just a uh, a men's health thing, but uh, I guess given given the month coming up. Um, specifically uh, I think men need to address that mm. yeah yeah definitely and I think uh, that the conversations definitely relate back to just kind of life in general because life's hard sometimes and sometimes you do need help with it so yeah if you can 
for all the listeners out there ask someone if they're okay if they need a hand with anything and um yeah hopefully they'll they'll come back to you and say yeah i'd love if you could help me out with this yeah and i and i guess for those that are wanting or needing the help um if you're given a situation where, where someone is asking you for help just just grab hold of it it's um they're not just um asking because they they're asking because they, they think something's up and they probably generally want to help um so sort of grasp onto those uh, those opportunities if you can. Mike, my next question for you is, what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did, and how did you get through it? Yeah, okay. I guess I guess in, again relating to this the situation that um, my friends in, I guess I, I I knew I wanted to do something, but I wasn't too sure what. Um, you know, the first thing I wanted to do was a hands-on health professionals to jump on a plane and go over there and help but I sort of realized my own financial shortcomings will not will not be uh, so useful there and and, and also um, you know is, is that person ready to accept my help I needed, I needed to make sure so not knowing how the, the current state he's in and I, I had to had to had to call him I had to have a conversation with him and and get an idea of his mental mental uh, mental state. I had a couple of de- ideas about what I wanted to wanted to say and what I wanted to do. So, you know, given some, he's someone who is currently easily agitated and frustrated and has a short attention span at the moment. Yeah, that was a really uh, picking up the phone and having that conversation was was uncomfortable. And then going through and 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 then having having conversations with people about whether they think doing this uh, GoFundMe or GoFundMe um, crowd raise, uh, crowdfunding campaign was a good idea and what they thought and, you know, it was hard. It was hard to have those conversations. Mm. Has the feedback that you've received been uh, positive for the most part? Yeah, I haven't had one negative comment. Um, everything has been... Uh, really supportive. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sympathy out there. Um, a lot of people are wanting to help, and I've had nothing but advice, constructive, like good, helpful advice. No one's really shot me down, thinking that's a stupid idea. What are you doing that for? Or it, it has been really positive and well, well received. So I'm, um, I'm sort of glad I've, glad I've reached out to those people. Awesome. It gives you uh, some good faith and humanity about that. That everyone just wants to just wants to help. It's not all uh, doom and gloom out there. Yeah, exactly. Mike, what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're going to do? Well, Chris, I've got I've got two uncomfortable things. So as we mentioned before, I've got uh, I've got this exam coming up in four weeks' time. Which um, I guess having all this stuff on my mind is not is not too not too great when you're trying to study for an exam. So bat- battling that and but, but also I guess continuing to approach my friends, just continuing to reach out. It's 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 a it does get easier each time. But when you sort of call a couple of times and, and don't get a response or reply, you sort of think, Oh, what's happened? I mean for all I know, he's trying to. He's gone for a, a nice walk up the hill and, and trying to distract himself and get some physical act- physical activity. But I guess the the mind does wander to to think you know you don't want to think the worst, but sometimes it 
it does happen and, and I guess that's that's really really tough Re- putting yourself out there wanting to help somebody and 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 knowing that deep down they want that help but you're not know you're not I guess not knowing how that help's going to be received yeah I think that's that's a challenge that is difficult to face um, but I think yeah sometimes you just need to kind of put it out there and yeah you can't you can't kind of know how it's going to be received before you before you put it out there um or if actually it will be received at all or just kind of shot down and i think that's not just in this situation but that's kind of again life in general that you all you can do is put stuff out there and uh and hope for the best with it really yeah exactly um just just got to keep having those conversations um keep in keep in touch regularly and and keep keep telling them that you're there for them and and hopefully get a positive result you just take little steps at a time and 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 i guess i think that's what i have to do is is break things down and i guess if if it, uh, if i get to the point if, when we get to the point of hitting hitting over there whether it's a myself or a someone like a, a family member from like his mum from overseas um yeah just i think that's going to be a really uncomfortable time too so well mike i've got one more question for you mate but before i ask it i just want to say thanks for for sitting down and having some having a chat with me today and and yeah reaching out and kind of coming on coming on the podcast and actually getting uncomfortable doing that yourself to kind of share the <laughs> share the message and uh and get it have, out have, you, have you picked up that i've been uncomfortable <laughs> uh, a, little have, of, have, a little bit of a little bit yeah some of it is some of it's hard to hard to just hard to talk about and and um and yeah and hard to process and, and put into words in a, in a concise manner We've probably gone a little bit more over time than we thought we would but yeah it is, it is hard to to process all that and get it all together Mm, mm. it's uncomfortable <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I mean i think it's a really important conversation for everybody to be having so yeah thanks for for putting it a bit more on my radar and, and teach me a little bit more about it and and also hopefully our listeners as well but last question for you mate do you have any advice or life lessons or interesting facts to leave me and the listeners with interesting facts well i don't know if it's really a fact but uh, i was i was mentioning the weather here in vancouver with a patient today and they actually they turned around and said to me do you know you've heard of the wet weather blues have you i said yeah yeah well i am familiar with the term and they said did you know that that term was originally coined in vancouver now i'm not going to profess to say that was that's a that's the an exact truth. I probably should have googled it before making it a uh, making it a fact on 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 air. But I'm um, led to believe because Vancouver rains about six months of the year. Um, that that's that's how, where the term originally was coined. Okay. Uh, well, it's on it's on record now. For our conversation. Yeah, on record now. It'll be out on yeah. the internet soon. So. Yeah, it's a it's a fact. And actually, you're the first yeah. person that has chosen the interesting fact route on that question, which is which is good. Yeah, I would never profess to be too wise and, and worthy of um, of lending advice to people. <laughs> yeah. 
unless they're unless they're coming into the clinic to <laughs> to request exactly that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, thanks for your time today. It's been uh, it's been good to chat, and good luck for uh, Movember, um, and for for your uh, challenges. Thanks for having us on, Chris. Appreciate the time, and uh, I'll do my best with uh, growing some hair on my face. <laughs>